0: Driving towards clarity every step of the way is so important because it helps you make decisions. It helps you cut through noise. It helps you work on these central things.
1: Welcome to the Success Lab podcast, where entrepreneurs collaborate to achieve greatness. And now, your host, Beth Cochran. Most entrepreneurs are accustomed to wearing many hats and juggling a near endless supply of priorities, requests, and fire drills. At times, this pressure can become almost unbearable. So at what point do you stop trying to do it all and either eliminate the unnecessary or outsource it? And how do you know what is unnecessary? In this episode, I talked to Ed Borromeo. He is a partner and COO at TallWave, where he routinely works with startup founders and innovators. Prior to that, he consulted with numerous startups, including one that went public and served as a captain in the U.S. Air Force. Over the years, he has developed a system for identifying and focusing on the most effective priorities and drowning out the rest of the noise. So we discussed how to find those top priorities that will actually move the needle, how to determine what should be outsourced and when, and then how to find the quality people to outsource to. So let's get into the conversation with Ed. Ed. Okay. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to, to come on the podcast. Um, I wanted to to just start out and give listeners a little bit of background on um, kind of your story and, and what brought you to Tallwave.
0: Yeah, no, thanks for that. Um, so I am an ex-military officer. Um, I spent six years active duty and was primarily... In operations, when I was with the U.S. Air Force, uh, I left um, in the mid-2000s, and I came to the Valley from California uh, to join a, essentially a, a startup that was re- really in the throes of the housing boom. Um, they, they were amassing utilities and um, implementing new technologies in the the water utility sector. So I came on board as their GM and and um, really cut my teeth and deploying the in technology and deploying those those new cutting-edge technologies for the utility space. It was really fun. It was a good time. And, and obviously, in, in, uh, we all experienced the downturn uh, in 2008. And uh, during that time, we, we um, took all the learnings. Uh, the company I was with, we, we took uh, all the learnings from deploying that technology and then ultimately commercialized it and uh, essentially had our own little tech spin-off. So I really enjoyed um, creating that tech company from the ground up, uh, grew that company. Uh, eventually, the you know, after... Uh, an IPO and ultimately the divestiture of, of the tech side of the business. Uh, I went off on my own and um, started consulting for early stage and growth companies uh, and really, tr- you know, trying to seek out um, those in the technology space because I really, really had fun doing it. Uh, in the process of doing that, um, I ultimately ran into TallWave and, uh, you know, one conversation led to another and I was brought on board and um, uh, to help run the operations and... And today, I, I, as the COO, I oversee um, the day-to-day business operations as well as um, with well, a primary focus on delivery, um, having our teams deliver to client outcomes and, and really drive value for our client.
1: Very cool. I, n- I know you do a lot over there and wear a lot of hats. And just by way of background, Tallwave is um, a commercializer and you guys work with a number of startups to um, help them essentially get their product to, to market.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, it's, a, it's uh, we, we like to call it, a. we're an innovation firm. We provide both services and investment. And, and our mission really is to, to take great ideas and, and make them great businesses, whether that's coming from a pure play startup or early venture, or whether it's coming out of an enterprise um, organization where they're trying to innovate a new product line um, uh, into market. And so the, te- the tenets of, of our Services and investments really are centered on uh, user centricity, uh, speed, um, risk reduction, uh, and, and just being wise about uh, deploying capital uh, w- while we're developing product and, and launching those into market.
1: Wow. Okay. So um, in working with startup founders, you know, one challenge is just having to do so much all of the time um, do you have any tips for them on um, balancing out the, the day-to-day and sort of getting through the, the mountain of to-dos?
0: Uh, yeah, well, you know, so this is, a, this is a good question. I'm actually a big fan of this, this whole concept of focusing. Um, there's, there's always inevitably, especially if you're trying to move fast and you're trying to get your product into the market, there's inevitably this, this tremendous pressure to um, produce and and get ahead and and um, get stuff done, and uh, oftentimes we uh, sometimes can buckle under the weight of the many priority number ones, and so uh, you know it's a challenge. Um, but what I what I recommend and what I always essentially try to practice my to myself is just take just take it a, a month at a time, a quarter at a time. Obviously, presumably, these companies have a long term vision, but. What are the out? I, I always start with outcomes. What are the outcomes that, that are mat, that matter most in the next month and in the, in the next quarter? And and what are those main things? And and I'd highly recommend to keep it to three to five things. What are those main things that um that that can really move the needle towards accomplishing those outcomes? And then I would say, everything. It's a gut check. It's a daily gut check. Everything we're doing should be benefiting those three main things and getting those th- three things done. And if, if they're not, you really got to question whether they're necessary activities for the organization or for oneself. Um, so I think holistically and organizationally, uh, that would be you know, my, my advice and sort of tip for, for founders is, like, what am I trying to accomplish? What is that outcome? And what are just those three to four things that, that really, really matter most that I have to move forward? And, and we have to just consider everything else outside of that is pretty much noise. I know that's hard to do, um, but but I think what we'll find is that, you know, doing three to four things and nailing it, doing it really well um, and accomplishing that is far better than doing 10 things, uh, you know, in a mediocre fashion. So, um, and i found that, you know, that's just some effective way to, to move the needle. It's 10 yards at a time.
1: I love that. That's because it can really become overwhelming when you're thinking big picture and all of the things that you need to do. And that's such a great way to simplify it.
0: Yep. Um, the other thing I would add to that is just from a personal standpoint is um, that that's if you're looking at it from, uh, you know, what am I doing the next month, the next quarter? Um, but another the <laughs> So I learned this from somewhere. I forget where, but I take a little um, three by three post-it note and and I write down uh, on a weekly basis um, what it is, is most, what is the one or two things that are most important for the week. And I write it down and I take this little three by three and I peel it off and I put it in my pocket. I put my hands in my pocket a lot, but um, I learned this from somebody, so I'm not taking credit for it, but it's, it's actually effective for, for a guy like me. I'll just speak for myself. But every time I put my hand in my pocket, I feel the paper and I pull it out and I, and I frustrate myself if I haven't gotten it done yet. And so, um, you know, feeling those weekly wins is important. And, and again, uh, taking sort of the same principle is what are the one or two things that matter most this week and, uh, knocking it off the list is, uh, you know, Feeling like you won something and it actually drives momentum and in and of itself is a force multiplier. So uh, that's sort of one tip to kind of get away from the distractions and the the noise and really focus apart from just carving out quiet time. Right. So
1: I love that. Has it gotten I know it can be kind of challenging to even distill it down to uh, those one or two things that you need to accomplish that week. Has did you Mm -hmm. find that challenging initially? And how did you if so, how did you kind of work yeah. towards getting to that point?
0: Yeah. Um, so this is a great question, right? And it really kind of speaks to the culture of the business. Um, first of all, I, I think that it's easier to do, and you're right, it is hard to distill, but I, I firmly believe that it's easier to do if there's complete clarity and understanding to what success looks like. And so, what you know, what is the target? What are we trying to accomplish? What is that outcome, as I said before? And if you have that understanding, you're better able to sort through noise. And so noise to me is just like if, if this particular activity isn't lending itself to that outcome, it doesn't belong. Uh, and that whether that's this week or this month or this quarter. Um, and so I think that's one thing is that it is hard to distill. but I can't stress enough how important it is to have clarity on the outcome and really understanding of the business. I think what I find too often is that as founders and companies are in their growth stages and formative stages, they cobble the team together. And yeah, we talk about culture building and all that, but um, a big part of that, I think, is really connecting people to the business, understanding how the business operates, what it's trying to accomplish, how it makes money, um, its growth path, because I think those serve as pillars. Um, if you will or you know orange cones um, for t- in order to make better decisions orange cones on, on you know on, on the road you know keep left keep right um, these are sort of the the um, the guides that should allow you to filter what's important and what what is less important at least at this moment in time so um, yeah it's hard uh, to do but but I think with clarity from the very top and clarity for, for, for the true outcome um, for the quarter and for for uh, the near term is is, is one way to help distill that. I would also add that it's it's not healthy to overplan and spend your day organizing, but boy, you ought to do it right out of the gates each day. You know, 10 minutes of just clarity of what's important and what isn't today, this week, and this month, and this quarter, uh, and doing that repeatedly is, is is a way to continually filter and adjust fire on priorities um, regularly.
1: That is such great advice. And um, kind of goes back to, have you ever read The One Thing? By Gary Keller.
0: You know, I actually haven't. Is that a good book?
1: It is. And it kind of, it just reminded me of what you said, what's important um, this year, this month, and breaking it down almost to the, by the day. Um, And what's the one thing I need to do at this moment to get me towards that long-term goal?
0: yeah yeah exactly. That's how I like to operate, and it's it's always what I suggest to to my peers and our our staff is is what is that one thing today this week? What matters most um, to get to the outcome and and then I think that again, if people have better business context, not just context in their role or their craft or their skill set, but context for how that inures to the benefit of the business, people can actually be a little more autonomous and exercise. Their autonomy and empowerment, and make better decisions, including filtering what's important.
1: That's that's so key. I'm glad that you um, brought that up and and suggested mm-hmm. that path. Um, so, you know, one other key thing that that a lot of entrepreneurs and startups eventually have to face is um, hiring or outsourcing. At what point do you recommend? Because sometimes the budget's not there. At what yeah. point do you recommend that? Um, Founders start to outsource.
0: Um, okay, so that's that's good. So uh, I guess there's a few signals, and um, there's probably a, a host of reasons why why founders would outsource, or companies in general, but um, particularly early stage companies. So I think one of them is obviously pipeline. You know, if, if for example, if you know, no revenue, no company, right? And so, um, and you, you got to be fiscally responsible. And so, sometimes instead of assuming overhead, um, it and you may not be comfortable doing that right away uh, to marry yourself to that overhead. Outsourcing is a great option, particularly if you find a good partner, a good capable partner that has innovative, but flexible ways of of cutting deals with you. Um, and, uh, so, so, you know, I think that's important of understanding that, Hey, that based on the pipeline, based on where we are on, uh, financially, um, I, I'd, I'd always recommend that, you know, sort of crawl before you run or walk rather. And, and, um, find ways to outsource in that way, you're, you're also networking, you're, you're, you know, you're developing good, good business uh, deals with people, and you're probably learning a thing or two along the way. And then understanding whether, how critical that function is to your business um, and doing that in a fashion without committing yourself to that overhead right away. I think that's one sort of signal or one, one instance uh, or situation where a company would do that. Another instance would be just understanding what's core to your business, what a core competency ought to be, uh, and what isn't. Um, I think that's a signal too. Is like you know, if uh, the core of your business, you probably want to insource all that and have it in house. But for those things where there are other people that are more qualified and it is a core, it isn't a core function of your business, um, outsourcing could be a good option. Uh, particularly if you have again a good partner out there and that can deliver well, um, so I think those are two two sort of uh, situations where outsourcing would wouldn't make sense. Um, and then I think the last thing was just be timing. So uh, is is how long does this function exist? If it's a short term thing, if it's a long term thing, obviously that's a that's an obvious uh, uh, criteria for whether you're outsourcing or in source.
1: Okay. Yeah that that makes perfect sense. Um, it, so once you decide to um, mm-hmm. outsource, do you have any tips for finding the appropriate person or, or a quality person? Because it can be so yeah. tough to find whether you're hiring or just contracting work
0: out. Yeah. Um, gosh, so this is yeah, it's totally I've had my fair share of uh, been bitten by this uh, in the past. Um, so, you know, I think the standard things you definitely want a couple. I think a couple things to keep in mind is you want to definitely want to see their work. Um, uh, I think having having some samples of their work and some examples of um, and references are totally important um, so you want to see tangibly what they produced you want to know that they have some references out there and that those reviews are good um, and then I think some some sort of softer signals would be communication. Like, how well do they communicate? I'm not just talking about maybe the business development person that you're talking to, but you'll want to kind of talk to their account manager or their project or their lead or what have you, depending on exactly what type of engagement you're undergoing. But communication is a huge, you know, um, factor in my opinion. Um, I've learned that as I've outsourced that the 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 endeavors that have gone very well were a function of um, a capable uh, a capable, organized, and great communicator on the other side, and um, that is that is very that that's in 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 my experience has been has been uh, has led to a lot of great success. Um, again, capable, organized, great communicator, and um, I think sort of that combination as it has proven to to be great contract hires and or partners. Mm-hmm. Um, apart from again looking at their references and things like that. Um, so yeah, and you also want someone with flexibility too, right? Like I found that the best contract partners um, are those that are like understand your business. They're not simply a black box to you. Like they, they, they actually take a vested interest in what it is you do. And um, they, they they ask questions about the outcomes that you're trying to achieve. And um, they're they're critical thinkers. They, they're people that say, hey, based on the outcome, this is what I think um, – how we should go or or what we ought to do. And they're prepared to be flexible enough to adjust fire with you. I love those kind of partners and and those, those are great business relationships.
1: Mm -hmm. And do you recommend having systems in place already that they can, can plug into or, or can you be simultaneously building those as they're kind of entering the fold?
0: Yeah. um, So, uh, I think that for particularly for for early stage companies, um, so I have two answers to that. For early stage company, that's hard, right? Because the whole the classic I'm building as I go is is a natural thing. It's just by necessity. It's oftentimes the case, and so yeah, you know, you definitely need a partner that understands that you may not have systems yet. And uh, I'm not recommending one way or another. Obviously, systems are great. You ought to have them. Um, but you just might not, and and you might not have them in time before you actually hire or, or contract. And so sometimes you want to hire and contract because you don't have the systems in place, because you want them to help you, um, seed the systems, and that makes them another good option. And it's another reason why you might want to outsource, right? Um, so I think that's one thing: is that you're not necessarily always going to have them, and you're you're going to likely outsource and or hire. In order to to incrementally build your systems, the other piece is that if you already have a system and it's working for you, you definitely want a contractor or, or, or a hire a contractor or a hire that that can work is flexible enough to work within your system. Um, I've seen that where you know, for example, at Tallway, we have at Talway, we have a way of of doing things, um, a way of managing our clients. Um, the way, the way of just driving an engagement to the outcomes for our clients and, and, and those that we invest in. And it's important that our, our, our contractors and our, our contract partners, including our obviously our internal personnel, are, are just in line and following that system because it, it's, it's led to a lot. For us, it's led to a lot of great customer satisfaction. To us, it's a winning formula, and we don't want to dilute that. And so we do look forward to contractors that can fit into the system uh, if, if you have it. Right. So uh, and a tip for that is just be upfront about it. Like this is how we like to work. Can you can you do that? Can you handle it? Can we commit to it? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, and then I had a couple of other questions. One was, um, sure. do you have any favorite tools, either um, maybe a go to resource for finding support or um, even something for time management or productivity?
0: Yeah no that's a that's a good question. Now, I'll I'll tell you some of the tools that I'm particularly enjoying at the moment. Um, just some what we use we use Freckle for timekeeping. I think I find it very straightforward and simple. At least you know it's uh, it's not too heavy. Uh, I'm not a big fan of things that are just administratively burdensome and um, I can appreciate that some of these tools don't have the dexterity as others say maybe some heavier or enterprise level tools have, but I, I like the lightweight uh, fashion of some of these tools we're using, like Freckle and like Slack. Um, and obviously, we're, we're, we're on a Google platform here, really enjoy that, um, just the collaboration aspect of it. Um, so yeah, those are some tools, Slack, uh, Trello, Freckle, um, and our Google platform have been quite helpful for us. In terms of um, productivity, um, I don't, I don't have any productivity tools per se, apart from the ones I've mentioned. Um, for me, productivity is a function of, of, of primarily practice. Uh, some of the stuff we talked about earlier on this on this talk was just a matter of focus. Um, so for me, productivity is the yellow sticky in my pocket and mm-hmm. um, my list app. I have an I have an app on my my iPhone called Clear, and um, it's just a big list making application. And, uh, I operate off of that. Um, uh, certainly being an ex-military guy, uh, I, it, it's just what drives me. So I, uh, I make lists on that and then I, I make, uh, I make a short list on my little yellow sticky and put it in my pocket.
1: I love, I love the sticky note idea. I'm going to try that. Um, <laughs> and where lists, is that something? So you said, um, being a former military guy, was that kind of something that was big?
0: Oh yeah, it was like um it, it was there li- to to your heart's content in, in the u s military it's uh you know it was a way it's a simple concept and i'd highly recommend not to overdo it um but it was just one of those things it was built into everything in my early training as a military officer it was it was uh you know Lists and checklists and making sure that you've covered the bases. It was just a part of the standard operating procedure. And I've carried that into, obviously, civilian life and business life. And, and not to the extent that maybe you know the, the Department of Defense has taken it, but certainly enough to, to, um, to keep it effective. And there's a book called The Checklist Manifesto. Um, by a doctor or surgeon named Atul Gawande, I think his name is. I know his first name is Atul. I forget. Uh, but anyways, the book is called uh, The Checklist Manifesto. Um, I forget who the author is exactly, but it talks about uh, just list making and, and um, how effective it can be, as simple as that might sound. And as, you know, uh, um, it's a little bit underrated, I think, it was this point. So uh, it's quite effective.
1: Oh wow! I'll have to check that out. And I've, I've in the past done um, a couple of shows on how the military really kind of preps you for entrepreneurship.
0: It's mm-hmm. it's
1: pretty intriguing.
0: Yeah, no, it was a good time. It was uh, taught me a lot. Definitely a life accelerator.
1: Oh, I bet. Um, last question. Is there any other advice that you could, um, give to entrepreneurs or would leave for entrepreneurs or a startup founder?
0: Um, yeah, well, I think, you know, we talked a lot about focus. We talked about a lot of those things and, and I recognize that, um, it can often be a grind, you know, this all this stuff is just so, so grinding. And, um, I, I, I would just advise that, uh, if you have a team around you, whether you're by yourself or you have a team around you, is you know you got to make the time to take a deep breath, put everything into context, and understand your your outcomes. You know what am I trying to accomplish? And um, I think clarity, driving towards clarity, and uh, every step of the way is so important because it helps you make decisions, it helps you cut through noise, it helps you work on these central things. And so um, even in time of, like, turmoil where things are really tough, um, oftentimes, you know, if you just take the time to take a deep breath and, and understand what the outcome is, you'll realize that, uh, you know, there's some things you can push off. There's some things that, that aren't, don't matter as much at this moment. And you don't have to, you know, eat the elephant all at once, right? It's, it's this, is, this is the first bite I need to take, and this is the second bite. And so I think that take, making the time uh, to have that perspective is healthy for founders, but it's particularly healthy if you have a team around you. Because oftentimes the, feed, the team feels that as well, and um, they may not have the context or clarity that you have. So doing that in a broader sense, I think, uh, makes the organization just more effective and allows the organization to cut through those um, and make it through those hard times uh, where, you know, an early venture is trying to get over the hump.
1: I love that. So true. Clarity and focus. Yep. Keys to entrepreneurship
0: (laughs) yeah no it's uh it's it's definitely something we practice here and and um we we advise it to to everybody it's not a trivial exercise though but it's a habit i think to practice
1: Mm -hmm. definitely well thank you so much for for taking the time to do this and for sharing your insights um it's been so helpful
0: cool thanks beth i appreciate it and um let me know if there's anything i can do for you
1: Thank you again to Ed. I know that this conversation really hit home for me as I often struggle with the the mountain of to-do lists and kind of battling that feeling of overwhelm so I'll definitely be implementing some of his tactics that he suggested. And the book that Ed mentioned, he was correct. It is called The Checklist Manifesto, and it's by Atul Gawande. Um, So I'll throw a link to that in the show notes.
0: I'll
1: close things out with this quote by Zig Ziglar. Positive thinking will let you do everything better than negative thinking will. So keep that in the back of your mind or maybe in your pocket on a post-it throughout the week. For this week's biz hack and past episodes, head over to successlab.fm. Next week, I'm in the lab with Ryan Hermansky. He is the co-founder of Talk to Legends, which is a cool new app that just launched in the App Store that essentially allows fans to schedule times to talk with their favorite pro athletes. It's very cool. So we talk about how he took this idea from concept to reality, and how he did it all while juggling a full-time job. So be sure to tune in. And until then, have a prosperous week.
0: Let's go again. I love you haters. They make my focus strong and keep me motivated to get my hustle on. Get my up. No sky story. Uh-uh.
1: Uh-uh. People see me, but they just don't know. People see me, but they just don't know. Uh. I just don't know